to Piers Cunningham for the very latest on the COVID-19 virus. RWPFM 98.7, 98.3. It's nine minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Stick around. COVID-19, well, who knows? Maybe they're going to release us uh, from this lockdown, version four, in the next 24 hours or so. Piers is on the line to tell us a little bit more about that. And also, Piers, as we welcome you back to RWPFM's Peninsula Talks, Situation out of Wuhan. But uh, firstly, let's have a look at COVID-19. Speculation, certainly in Nine Media today, is that we're going to go into some sort of regional Victoria lockdown. Good morning, Piers. Welcome again to RWPFM's uh, Peninsula Talks. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Brendan. Yeah, it does look like the restrictions will be eased on Friday or from midnight on Thursday. Um, but it also looks like there will be continuation of restrictions of movement beyond Greater Melbourne into regional Victoria because regional Victoria has zero cases and has actually been relatively free uh, for the last week. So they only had one week of the statewide lockdown and, and Greater Melbourne has had two weeks, and that includes the Mornington Peninsula, rather controversially, but it does. And so therefore... They are concerned because it's a, you know, it's a big weekend. It's the Queen's birthday long weekend. And actually they said early on, I think at the very beginning of the first weeks of lockdown, the government uh, of Victoria did say that, that they considered it unlikely that people would be doing sort of normal things like you know, attending the ski slopes for opening weekend, that sort of stuff, uh, which would involve leaving Greater Melbourne. And I, I think that that kind of makes sense. If we've just got on top of something and they can, they can ease restrictions further in regional, but also to Greater Melbourne, then, you know, why would you suddenly let a lot of people move all over the state when you've just got the thing under control? Well, I tell you what, there'd be a few people up in the alpine areas of uh, Victoria who would be suggesting that they should, because for the first time in a number of years, they've got a pretty good dump. They haven't been doing much trade over the last couple of years, Mm. and they would have been absolutely adoring, welcoming anybody with a set of skis or a toboggan or something up there. And, and they've actually done a lot of snowmaking and, and preparation ahead of this opening weekend at Mount Buller, for example. They've got quite a bit of snow already there. Pretty thin on the ground at Potham, but it, it is starting to... You know, it's been dumping. We've had very cold conditions, as everyone will be aware, uh, during this last you know, few days in, in um, Melbourne and wider Victoria. So the, the snow is falling and there is artificial snow. So it is a great shame. And don't forget that Mount Hotham and Falls Creek were completely shut down. They had about like, less than a week of trade last season, whereas Buller was able to stay open uh, in some, to, to some extent for, for people from regional Victoria last season. Yes, indeed. Well, let's find out whether the misery is going to be lifted in the next 24 hours or so. But Pierce, while you're there, I wanted to tap you about uh, the evolution of this story about the origins of this uh, Wuhan virus, the, mm-hmm. alpha, the alpha strain. I mean, originally... The, it was put about that it was basically conspiracy thinkers and a right-wing cohort led by President Trump that were responsible for putting around the theory that the virus escaped from a laboratory in Wuhan. Turns out that perhaps there is some substance to those theories now. Yeah, it's look, obviously this is a very political issue. Um, about a year ago, in fact longer, soon after the beginning of the pandemic, there was a think tank in the UK that came out and said, well, you know, already China owes 
over $6 trillion because of economic impact of the virus that, that they are responsible for. You know, this is not just necessarily accusing them of, of releasing it from a lab or, or accidentally releasing it from a lab, which would seem more likely. I mean, to release something like that deliberately, therefore you endanger your own people, that seems totally unrealistic to me. But it is possible that it, it uh, could have leaked accidentally from a lab. There is a, there is a lab that uh, does experiments in Wuhan. There have been reports over the years of some leaks from that junior lab people getting uh, affected by viruses that were being experimented with. There was also a report back in 2012 of a group of cavers, people who you know, enjoyed uh, in investigating caves and exploring caves in remote parts of China, uh, coming out of a, a, a cave which had bats in it and, uh, and, and all being sick, and two of them actually died. And so one of the suggestions is that researchers from from a lab in Wuhan, went back to that cave, took samples, and then may have done some playing around with those uh, viruses, uh, which is actually called, it's a pretty um, kind of nasty turn of phrase, but it's called gain-of-function research, which is where effectively you, you tweak a natural coronavirus to see how it might mutate naturally. You do that in a lab, and you can wind up with a much stronger and more, more deadly virus. Now, that's, that's a suggestion. It's... it's as I said, it's very political. Obviously, there's people baying for blood around the world saying, well, we, we, we want answers and we want people held responsible for this if it, if it was a leak from a lab. And, and the chief medical guru of the United States, Anthony Fauci, a bunch of his emails have been released recently. And in it, he doesn't rule it out. He, he doesn't say it's impossible that it leaked from a lab, although he, he definitely says he favours that it, it transferred naturally from animals to humans. But that's interesting, isn't it? Because Mr. Fauci himself has also been in the news cycle in the last couple of days as well, because it turns out that he may well have been oversighting some investment by American laboratories in the work that was being done in Wuhan in China. That's right. And that's why it's political as well. It doesn't look good for the Americans if they were actually supporting the research that was going on in this Wuhan lab and, uh, and then may have subsequently leaked so, yeah, it doesn't look good for them. Uh, it certainly doesn't look good for them. It doesn't look good for the Chinese. Don't forget we had a WHO group, supposedly independent group, small group of scientists go allowed into China to look into the origins of the outbreak of coronavirus. Uh, that was early this year. It was very inconclusive. They were allowed very limited movements. They were tightly monitored with restricted access and, uh, and they weren't allowed to choose where they went within China at all. And I think there was an Australian who was among that group, and, and I think he came back and, and said it was fairly inconclusive, really, because of the amount of restriction that was placed on them by Chinese authorities. But nevertheless, they did come to the conclusion that they thought, in fact, it had transitioned from wildlife and got into the population that way. They supported that, right. that particular... Right. They did that press conference within China before they left, and it is suggested cynically that perhaps they wouldn't have been allowed to leave if they hadn't said that. The other interesting revelation in the last few days as well is the fact that the Chinese did get onto their vaccine, had it up and running within a few weeks of the pronouncement that a pandemic was running around the world. Um, the thought is, by a number of scientists involved in this area, that it was an extraordinary time in which to be able to have something that has good efficacy against this disease. Ordinarily, something that would take years uh, was suddenly being touted by the Chinese and being administered. Yeah, and, and same with um, with Russia. 
which is a, a fairly close ally of China these days. Yeah, again, there were, there were questions about how well tested and actually how effective those vaccines actually were. So early on when those started, being, started surfacing, they weren't actually allowed to be independently tested really outside in, in, uh, in the West or in Europe or in the United States. So, you know, those sort of claims lacked uh, a certain amount of, um, of the normal verification that applies to the, the vaccines that we're using in Australia. Well, certainly the theory that this thing transitioned out of uh, wildlife into the uh, human population certainly being questioned at the moment. And there's a lot of sort of revisionism going on in terms of the origins of um, this particular virus. And I also point out to you as well, Piers, the other interesting fact that in the months before the pronouncement of a pandemic, uh, Wuhan was hosting the World Military Games with 6,500 people, top military people from around the world were in Wuhan, the capital of Hubei province, just uh, a few weeks or round about the time that the pandemic was theoretically escaping from those wet markets in Wuhan. Conspiracy or not? Anyway, I'll leave you with that thought. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it is interesting. There's so, many, there's so many conspiracy theories about this, and obviously it's, it's highly political and highly sensitive. The Chinese government, I mean, we, we, Australia has, has paid a, a pretty big price with its, uh, this trade war and trade sanctions that have, uh, and this you know, really uh, diminished diplomatic relations with, with China, and that was in part because of criticism and, and the suggestion early on that, uh, that, you know, that there needed to be a, a very thorough investigation of origins and China didn't like that. They didn't like the, um, the, the thinking behind that and reacted in a very determined way against it. Well, indeed. And Mr Morrison, of course, on his way out uh, via Perth today over to uh, address the G7, see whether he gets some of the big boys on side and going to back him up. Looks like the Americans, from a trade point of view, certainly Biden and his crew, seem to be indicating that they're going to be supporting the Australian position in terms of its trade dispute with the Chinese. Hopefully it will be resolved and everything will go back to normal. But certainly doesn't seem to be impacting the iron ore price at the moment, Pierce, and everybody in the... And nor the price of wine, Treasury wine estates, going from strength to strength and they were a company that was singled out by the Chinese and 300% markup slapped on their their, uh, imports to China. And also the lobster industry, I believe, has has done quite well because they've gone through sort of grey market supplies in Hong Kong. So, you know, there seems to be not quite as clear that the the pain of sanctions was as effective as perhaps the Chinese would have liked. And if uh, Mr Morrison comes back with a much-touted free trade deal, certainly for Australian agriculture with uh, Great Britain in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, could be interesting days ahead for all of us. Piers, we're going to watch this space, uh, the conspiracy theories around COVID-19, its origins, the role of big geopolitical interests are going to be, I'm sure, discussed by a number of people over the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Fascinating stuff. Meantime, we here in Victoria are looking forward to coming out of uh, our latest restrictions and enjoying our brothers and sisters' liberty uh, just north of us uh, around Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. And the vaccine, one of the great things, if, you can, you know, if you're looking for a silver lining, people have been snapped out of their complacency in regards to vaccines in Victoria and elsewhere in Australia. Now, well over one and a half million people have been vaccinated in Victoria. In fact, a, a slightly higher number. Uh, 1.537 million in New South Wales vaccinated, uh, and then Queensland with uh, just shy of a million, Western Australia with half a million, South Australia 365,000 vaccinated. It's it's fantastic that people are actually um, now 
saying, okay, we, we, we want to get through this, we all need to get vaccinated. And, and hopefully supply can keep up with demand. Great idea. Thank you very much indeed, Piers. Always good to talk to you. And don't forget, Piers, of course, with his Beyond Infinity program on Tuesdays here on RPPFM between 11 and 2. Thanks for keeping us company today, Piers. Pleasure, Brendan. Love your work. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.